Welcome to Austin DWI Charges with Charlie Roadman, Austin criminal defense attorney. Practical advice on dealing with an arrest. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, depending on where you are. We are here in Austin, Texas. My name is Ellen Stater, and I'm talking with Charlie Roadman. He's a defense attorney here in Austin. And right now we are talking about the ignition interlock device, which is another name for the breathalyzer. Well. Is it the same thing? No. No, because the breathalyzer is the thing at the station or, you know, that when you've been arrested and they want you to blow to determine your BAC. Is the thing that cops give you to blow. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Um, the ignition interlock device is the, the device that uh, makes you blow into it to start your car. Mm -hmm. Or uh, people don't always realize this, that, that you have to blow into it while your car is driving, sort of randomly. It'll start beeping. That is still just insane to me. It is. It's yeah. kind of nutty. But the, the blow... Thing. It's almost like a CB radio, like back from the 70s. Like it has a little springy or like a guitar chord, you know, springy. Uh -huh, like a coil the 70s, cord. Yeah. Uh -huh. Coil cord. And so you can, you know, easily bring it up to your mouth while you're driving okay. and, and blow. Um, you know, they do give you five minutes, and I think for liability reasons. So being that you can pull over. Right. And, you you know, don't have to like screech to the side of the road yeah, and like do it right you, away. You've got time. Um, you know, I've had it in my car a couple times, and I've never once pulled over because it's just you. It's you can, you get so used to it, you can. Yeah, if you can know. like sip out of a straw right. in your car, you can do this. Just right. okay, good to know. Although, although it does require uh, a certain type of blowing uh, that you have to sort of get used to, um, and like a, a lot, they want like the air that's deep in your lungs, you know, so that so that. You're not just washing your mouth out with water and just blowing like, you know, <laughs> right. so they need that. And so to get that amount of air from deep down there, they need you to blow a long time. Ah. And um, so some people, uh, it takes them a while. They'll, they'll just blow like full on, but they can only blow full on for like four seconds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's just mm -hmm. whoosh, and you're out. But you have to like take a deep breath and blow sort of at a lower pace. For longer. For longer. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if you're elderly, that's trouble or if you're young yeah um, or if you have any kind of compromised right. respiratory action right yeah so mm -hmm. it, it's not it's not as easy as just a breath uh, but uh, people get used to it mm -hmm. yeah. so yeah so that's that that freaks people out uh, I will tell you that that people can't see you blow kind of unless you want them to see you you know mm -hmm. I mean I've driving you know i would blow and look around i mean no one's looking at you mm -hmm. you know and to be clear you did this to test the device yeah, so that you could tell people what it was going to be like right so okay. i could do like what i'm doing now explaining all the the things that they don't tell you you know i mean the, the company tries to tell you stuff but the court system doesn't tell you things right. is you know um so yeah i wanted to to talk about the nuances of it Mm -hmm. um, so let's um, actually let's go back to the beginning and explain. Um, I mean, we've sort of explained what it is and how it works, but uh, what role does it play in the so you get stopped for a DWI and how do you end up with an ignition interlock device? Great question. So um, it really depends on the judge who magistrates you, which is the judge that 
sets the conditions of your bond. Um, and it, this has sort of evolved over the 20 years I've been doing it, but currently they will, they will have a, a ignition interlock device requirement if it's a second DWI or it's a first and the facts are not good, like there's been a collision or uh, the BAC, if they have it at the Blood time. Blood alcohol content. Yeah, if they have it and it's high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it depends also on the magistrate judge. There's like 20 different magistrate judges. So depending on the one you get, some of them are more inclined to do an ignition interlock device and some of them might be more selective about it. Mm-hmm. I-, I will tell you from the judge's perspective, there's no reason not to, right? Like you just, like, because... Basically, they're looking at from the perspective of what if I don't put an IID as a condition and then a week, a month goes by and this person does it uh, again mm-hmm. gets, uh, and someone gets killed, right? Then, right. I, then I look like the person that didn't They wonder the why did you not do that in the first place. Right. And right. So, so, you know, from their uh, self-protective and, and to protect the society or, you know, um, mm-hmm. our community, they they're going to err on the side of why not have this device. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you know, it's pretty humiliating, you know, I'm like universally, you know, my clients, I mean, no one's ever wanted it. Of course. Um, They, they often are, um, don't have an accurate, they think it's going to be worse than it is. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, they, uh, they assume people will know, you know, and uh, they just won't know. You know, I mean, you, you you can't drive it with someone else in your car and they not know. Like, right. that, that's impossible. Sure. You know. Um, but from outside the car, without, people can't. Yeah. yeah. And you can just bend down even just a little bit or, you know. So, I mean, I've, I've as an experiment, I've like uh, in the H-E-B, you know, parking lot in the broad daylight <laughs> just like stuck my head up in blue you know looking around mm-hmm. and and there are people 10 feet away that don't see it yeah you know they're just they're doing their thing people yeah exactly you know, people aren't looking at other people no they're not and so you know th- there are i do have clients that it's that is it's pretty bad like when they're a real estate agent right and they have to have clients in clients their cars in the car, right you know. yeah now I, i'll just briefly talk about there is a, another option and it's a portable device mm-hmm. but that's actually more intrusive because you have to blow into it three or four times a day and whether you're driving or not whether you're driving mm-hmm. or not and and so that's um even people that aren't you know, have no problem not drinking. It's just, it's hard, you know, to... Inconvenient in, to do every, anything three times a day yeah. on, on command. Every four hours, yeah. you have to find somewhere privately to blow in mm-hmm. this thing. Anyway, it's possible, and I've got many of people who have done it, um, but it's it's not a... Uh, I would much, if I was in their situation, I would much prefer it in my car. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, if I don't go anywhere, I don't have to do anything. You there know? you go. And and just to be clear, you you even if if you have two cars, you you can't drive the other car. You know, so like if you have this, it as always a condition, has to be the one with the ID. Right. Yeah. And and there's some scenarios like uh, if they don't trust you or some other counties will say if you got two cars, you got to get two devices. Mm. You know, which is, um, yeah, it, the judge has a lot of power and they're allowed to do this this isn't you know it isn't unconstitutional to have bond conditions involving drugs and alcohol which i do hear quite a bit like people say well i'm not been convicted which is true mm-hmm. um, but the the legislature allows them to 
add some reasonable conditions. Mm-hmm. Now, if they, if the in judge, exchange for being released on bond, exactly. you have to, yeah. Yes, and now if a judge said something absolutely nutty, you know, like you have to get the portable device, the ankle monitor, and the IID, and and it's your first DWI, and you've never been in trouble. Mm. You know, you just go to a different judge and go, judge, that's crazy. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like so, a vendetta. Yeah, and that's not going to happen. You know, in, right in Travis County or really anywhere, but. But, uh, you know, any reasonable conditions they're allowed to do. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, so best case scenario, you have an IID, you, you blow in it every time you're required to. It always comes back clean. Um, and so you do that for how long and what is the result? That's great, great. Uh, the problem, I, I can't answer that because... I know that every case is different. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's um, sometimes people have it as just the um, while the case is pending, right? So, and that could be six months, could be a year. Mm-hmm. And then some people, if the facts are bad enough, they'll also have to have it during the probation. Ah, right, you know? And right. so, I mean, there are scenarios where people have it continuously for three and a half years. Wow. And that's extreme and not normal. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, to get it removed, um, I mean, sometimes a judge will remove it before the case is done pending if there's there's a good reason um, and the facts aren't bad and, and they're confident that mm-hmm. there's not going to be another problem. Anyway, you have to convince a judge to, to remove it um, or convince a prosecutor um, that it's not necessary as part of a, of their um, result of the case. Gotcha. And, and, you know, and sometimes, uh, sometimes they'll say, we'll, we'll dismiss the case if they do six months, you know, in, up front. Or, or they'll say, we'll do deferred adjudication probation on obstruction of a highway, but ignition and lock device for, for half of the probation term. Or, you know, there's, there's all sorts of ways that, and it's basically whatever the prosecutor feels is appropriate, you know, mm-hmm. that would, um, protect the community, convince you not to be in the situation again, you know. So, like, all the reasons are rational. They're, they're not going to force somebody who um, doesn't seem like this was just a one-time thing and the facts aren't bad. You know, they're not mm-hmm. going to force them to have it for three years. Right. You know, but if you've got a history of this and there's other, you know, then they're going to say, hell yeah, we're going to, you know, for <laughs> You're gonna as have long that as possible. For a while. You know, so... Um, and, and that's the, the IID is like the lower level one the, the, then there's the portable that I've talked about. And then mm-hmm. the one after that's the ankle monitor, the scram device right. on, on your ankle. Um, and, and then after that is jail. Right. right. There. There's no, <laughs> okay. there's no fourth monitoring system except for county jail. Got it. So let me ask you, uh, so we just talked about the best case scenario and, and how you, um, uh, how you get it finally taken out of your car or off your person. Um, but what happens if you're uh, you're driving around and you decide, like, oh, one drink won't hurt me, and then you, you blow hot? Right. So if you blow hot, um, I mean, sort of depending on where your case is, um, they, could, the, the, they could give you, like, a slap on the wrist and say, 
you know, if it happens again, mm-hmm. you're going to go to jail. Who who gets the information so, to great, start with? Great. So the the pretrial services officer. So it's it's not a probation officer, but it feels like a probation officer because they're the ones that deal with you while the case is pending. Okay. okay? So it's someone you while have, you're out on bond, you're, out you're on kind bond. of the person that watches you. Yes. If you have an IID, they have special uh, pretrial services officers that. Um, monitor you and by monitoring okay. you means they just get information from the the ignition interlock device company and there's like mm-hmm. five or six different ones um they'll send them any information that there's a violation okay so if it's the first violation the the pretrial services officer depending on the facts of your case you know if it's a real they might give you a warning or they might go straight to the judge and revoke your bond and you go to jail like mm-hmm. it, it, you know anyway my point is don't have any violations. Of okay? course. So yeah, not, that, that's a yes, given. You know. So and and it, what's it's what's unfortunate about this is the the scenario you described where someone just decides to have a drink is not what's common. What's common is people drink the night before. Okay, oh. and they they and, and they think it's out of their system, they but it's, it's not. And it's not. And and they wake up, they feel fine. You know, I mean, people feel fine right after. Anyway, and they gotta go to work <laughs> or the that, store or whatever. That product makes you feel fine. You know that that's that's the result <laughs> of the product of alcohol. So yes, that like a hundred percent. They're like, I felt fine. I'm like, well, no kidding. You felt great. I bet. You know. Anyway, but <laughs> but but even a tiny bit of alcohol. Okay, uh, like let's just say 0.01, like some little mm-hmm. bit, is sent to the pretrial services officer who who knows you were drinking. Okay, um, because that's I guess. This is important. When you get the ignition interlock device, the the bond condition is also says no drinking. Okay, so it's not sure. it's not just you can't drive the car when you've been drinking. It's you're not supposed to drink at all. So if these hot blows that are in the morning, you know the people uh, blow uh, and there's just a little bit, the judge needs to know. Yeah. Okay. They need because because you are in violation of violation, your bond conditions, and they think well you could have just driven your girlfriend's car you know like they they know that there's options for cars and so you know they they're not going to be protected by them going you know well he has an iid because someone would go well he also has a girlfriend with a car right anyway so so if if the system knows and then the other part about that is is that getting a good result in the case the prosecutors will often say uh, if they've had no IID vi- violations, we'll dismiss, mm-hmm. or, you know, or do this or that or that. And then, you know, we, if that's, you know, a lot of our clients are, have had no violations. Unfortunately, a lot of them have, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so then the prosecutors just go, well, we can't, how, how can we trust you? You're like, we told you not to do something. You right. did it. You thought you could get away with it so that you just look sketchy to them and they don't want to give dismissals to people that they think are just going to do it again they want convictions because convictions they hope um because of the escalating nature of the the subsequent arrests you know they they hope a conviction will convince you anyway i you know i i it's it's all defense attorneys who deal in this are amazed at how many hot blows people do when they know you know you know this is the rule you know you're going to drive that car you know, so that's because alcohol is a demon. It is, and and it that's goes to the, the, thing. the judgment part. I mean, of your brain. I love it, but I recognize it's a demon. Yes, it is a demon, and feeling great doesn't mean it's not in you. you yeah, know, or feeling <laughs> fine. You know, it's so. 
we deal with that a lot um, and, and trying to con- convince judges not to, you know. So and also if you if you blow, um, the judge can order you to do the portable or the ankle monitor. Mm-hmm. You know, they can yeah, escalate, escalate your. So I, I say, you know, A, follow the rules. So that means don't drink alcohol. If you're going to drink alcohol, make sure it's like you don't blow into that device for 36 to 48 hours. Do some crazy mm-hmm. amount of time. Now, then here's the one other thing that's that's important. People do blow into it or hot blows, and they say it wasn't alcohol. It was my mouthwash. Okay. Now, this the so and that would be a false positive. But you can um, fix that by washing your mouth out with water and then blowing again mm-hmm. in five minutes and in ten minutes until it's zero. Okay, because it'll have a camera, so it'll show you blowing, blowing, blowing. Um, if it was really alcohol that you'd ingested and it was deep in your lungs. You, you, you can't, can't wash it that. Yeah, yeah. Re- and, and it may go down a tiny bit, but it'll go down in a, you know, like a curve, like the way alcohol right, is dissipated. Not. But, um, you know, so so then what happens is our clients go, you know, I blew hot, Charlie. I'll get a frantic text. I blew hot, and um, but I had to go to work, uh, so I just went in my girlfriend's car and I and I left, and uh, you know, I'm on their side. I, I'm a sucker for believing people, <laughs> but I don't believe you. <laughs> that, that, that was I don't believe that was mouthwash. That was real alcohol. Right. That's why you left. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure some percentage of time people, that's true. Might be true. Could be. Might be true. <laughs> but, but if it's really mouthwash or if it's kombucha or if it's really a false positive, then you there just are ways to sit in that car the, drinking yeah. water, blowing until... It's a zero, mm-hmm. um, and um, and that's how we proved it. Be- because if you don't blow again and get it to zeros very quickly, just no judge on the planet will believe me. Right? They'll just look at me and go, um, "Yeah," because I'll I'll say, "Judge, I believe him," and and he or she will go, "Well, I thought you were smarter than that, Charlie." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so it's. You just you gotta follow the rules here, and and um. So yeah, so that's I now I will tell you that, that how much it costs. That that's all people really mm-hmm. hate that. Um, it, it's roughly ninety dollars to a hundred and ten dollars a month. Okay. Ah. And there is so a little of, insult to injury. It, there. Yeah, and there's there's a, a um, installation fee and a extraction fee mm. you know and and it's although i have some coupons on my website if you go to my website there's they're on there <laughs> awesome. for smart start which is the company that, that we have used and they're they're reliable um so you can get that but but uh you know a lot of people are mad that that they have to do that and they'll say is that constitutional well, yeah it is you just can't there's no court funded ignition interlock device program right um, yeah it's just part of it, the whole package of your, Our of your whole package, mm-hmm. and and it can feel, you know, if you're truly innocent, it's pretty terrible, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, unfortunately, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. Um, and and one last thing is that not having a car doesn't remove this condition; it just moves it up to the next condition where you have to have a portable. Carry device, one on you. Know? you. Yeah. So weirdly, and I've I've said this a bunch of times. I, if I were you, I would go buy a $1,000 car, you know, which I, I'm aware that even that cheap car, people, some people can't afford. Yeah, but I would go f- or borrow 
your grandmother's second car that she doesn't use or something. Put the device in mm-hmm. um, because the, con- the the alternative is worse. You yeah, know, with this portable. having to do it three times a day or four times or a day or however many. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, so and it and it becomes sort of ironic that someone charged with the DWI is actually pressured into getting a car that they didn't <laughs> have. You know, um, but that is. There's not a whole bunch of absurdities in my field, but that that does feel like one. Um, there's not, um, and and the and the main reason is you know if if that if not having a car um, got rid of that condition, immediately everyone would not have a car. <laughs> they would just give it to their brother or right. give it to their whatever, and they right. go, I don't have a car, you know. And so that's that's not going to get you out of it. No, yep. it's not. So. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is that people sometimes wait till the last minute to get the ID. They'll, 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 different courts have different time periods. Um, ours is about 20 days right now from the date of arrest. Um, people will wait till the 19th day mm-hmm. and then call up the, the company and they'll go, yeah, we'll get you in, in you know, in eight days. Sure. And then, right. it, and then you're it's not, screwed. Yeah. Then, then you're like, oh, Charlie, you know ask the judge and then the judge is mad at you you know it's like right. man let's not let's not have the judge mad at us like right now from let's, something yeah. that is probably preventable right because and it's just like call them up you know uh, as soon as you know you have to do this call up the company um and get get it scheduled yeah you know um that's my way to just get things out of the way but i recognize that that is not everyone's way it is not and it's not my way <laughs> I, either. I, I'm not. I wouldn't be great at that. Um, but uh, but that's my advice: is, is yeah. get that in your car. Don't have any hot blows, and and it'll help on the case. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll. You know, it it could cer- if you don't do well, it could certainly prevent a dismissal. Um, but if you do well, it can reduce the terms pretty much no matter what. I mean, right. it'll be better. Um, so. so get the IID, do it right, and get it over with. Right. All right. For more information about Charlie, visit www.roadmanespiritu.com. You can purchase Charlie's book, The Defendant's Guide to Defense, How to Help Your Lawyer Get the Best Result, on Amazon.